This is Steve Alamut and Annie O'Neill, right behind.
Hello, and welcome back to Chit and Chat, the Encouraging One of a Podcast. Today, my guest is Mr. Steve Element. He's a singer, a songwriter living in Seattle, Washington. And Steve has been a long mainstay of the West Coast scene music for a number of years. His songs are guitar-oriented, rock and soul influenced with vocal harmonies drawn from groups like the Everly Brothers, the Beatles, and the Temptations. Steve is constantly writing and recording and releasing new songs on a regular basis. I'm so excited today to have him on the show, pick his brain on music, who inspired him, who encouraged him, upcoming events he has going on. It's just, I'm honored to have him on the show today. This is Chit and Chat, the encouraging one on the podcast. Steve. Hey, Jody. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. About yourself. Hear me all right? Sure. How you been doing? Pretty good. Thanks. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, work, work, home, repeat. (laughs) Right. The the circle of life. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Mr. Steve Alamant. Hope I'm saying that correctly. It's an honor to have you on the Chit and Chat, encouraging one of the podcasts. I'd like to ask you a few icebreaker questions. We get started. Okay, fire away. If you could replace four presidents on Mount Rushmore with four musicians, who would they be and why? Oh, who would they be and why? Well, one, of course, would be Elvis Presley. Mm. Because Elvis Presley is the king. He's the king of rock and roll. So I would definitely put him there. Uh, Another would be Hank Williams because to me, he just like really one of the great country songwriters and singers and he's just a legend. Mm -hmm. Died died young, died younger than Elvis. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was 29 or something. Um, Then I put John Lennon up there because I just think he's terrific. I think the Beatles are terrific. I love them. I love what they did, you know, for music and um, and everything that followed, you know, after the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then last, I think I would put David Bowie because he's just one of the I think creative geniuses that pop music has seen and he just evolved, you know, through his career, continued to evolve and change and push boundaries. And so I, I hold him in real high regard. That's a so I guess that would be for, I mean, there's so many, right? Jody, it's really a tough question. <laughs> it can't be easy, you know? <laughs> you know. It, it, a couple of runner-ups off the top of your head that you might, uh, you, you, you know, you four or five uh, heads up there. Any, anybody else you might want to throw up there? Well, let's see. Do the Everly Brothers count as one or two? 
<laughs> we, we can go with we can go with two, I guess. <laughs> I like I love the Everly Brothers, and uh, you know I I really love the Rolling Stones. It's hard to pick any one of them out, you know. Mm. But probably Mick and Keith, you know, being the prime prime songwriters there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. So yeah. Uh, what year would you want to go back and visit in a time machine? Or era, actually. Do I have to go back? Oh, you Whatever you want to do, it's your time machine. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had a time machine, I would be really curious about, um, like, let's say the year uh, 2122, right? Like, what's what's happening on this earth a hundred years from now. Mm. I think that would be so exciting. I mean, you know, what's travel like? What's, um, um, what's music like? What, how's the world? Mm -hmm. Did we sort out the climate um, or did we adapt to it? Um, You know, so, so many things like that, I think would be really interesting to see. I mean, you know, as far as going back, Jody, you know, you can sort of read back the history, but you can't, you know, there's no way to fathom what's coming in a hundred years. You know right, what I mean? Right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, question number three, uh, what is your favorite smell? The coffee or bacon or barbecue, maybe cinnamon, something like that. I like all those. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of my favorite smells, I think, is a really good bakery. I used to live in San Beach, and Mm. there were several amazing Italian bakeries in my neighborhood. And, uh, God, that smell was just so good and mouth-watering. A lot of fresh breads and stuff? Yeah, and then let's have a little coffee with it, you know? hmm Yeah. Well, what decade do you love the most? Is like an era of music, uh, like the 70s. I, I, grew, I was born in the 70s, so I really like the 70s era of music. Uh, and in a lot of 80s as well. But and I don't know. I, I sing songs in the 70s all the time. Is there a decade of music you just love? Yeah, Jody, I think I'm definitely with the 70s. I think, you know, that period between 1970 and maybe uh, 78, 79 was a, will be, a you know, seen as the golden age of rock and roll, mm-hmm. I think. And for me, it just wasn't the music, you know, there, it was everything about then. It was the culture, the change, you know, the, the social unrest the upheaval of those times, um, you know, the civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, the mm, yeah, yeah. Um, women's movement. I mean, there's so, so much change happened then. In fact, I just read a book, it's called The Upheaval, and it was um, about that, although they went back into like 65 to to the end of the Vietnam War and it was so great such a great read mm. and last yeah. question and the reason why we have five questions is because this portion is brought to you by Tequiza 
They're a taco shop in the area. I love, I love tacos. Are you a big taco connoisseur? Oh, I, I don't know if I'm a connoisseur, but you know, I love tacos. I sometimes <laughs> I, I make my own or uh, hit a taco truck now and again. Which nice. one do you like? Uh, we have Takiza. That's a local, a locally owned here, a business here. I, uh, they, I work at the mall, a part-time job, and they're right next door to us. They have five kinds of tacos. So I, I, I pop by and get jalapenos and tacos from time to time. But they're, they're really nice people. Do they? Are they in Seattle? Uh, they're at the Kitsap Mall, actually, in Silverdale. They, get, they might be elsewhere, but I'm, I'm, uh, they, it's probably a locally owned one here that they have a little food truck and a, at the mall as well. Oh, hell yes. I love tacos. Uh, last question. What sauce or condiment could you not live without? I would say off the top of my head, mustard. Mustard. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Any kind of mustard, right? Yeah. I'm a big barbecue sauce guy. <laughs> All right on. Uh, for my listeners out there who might not know who you are, could you give us a little brief bio on who Steve Almut is? Yeah, well, okay, well, um, you know, from a music standpoint, uh, I'm a singer and a songwriter. I've been at it for quite a long time. Um, I've played in, uh, been playing in bands since I was a kid. And um, put out you know, some records uh, with different groups, with my own group, No Cheese Please, back in the 80s and with Yanks in the 80s. And um, and I take, took a little time off of doing that and got, got back into it in earnest um, in 2000, let's say, 18. Mm-hmm. And been recording and writing a lot of songs and, you know, um, hooked up with my old longtime partner, Bart Hyde, who's a really good guitar player and a really good, really good colleague to be in a band with. Um, and we've been just bearing down on, on songs and had different guys in the band. You know, we had Dave Warburton was in the band for a while and, uh, um, Irene Pena was in the band for a while and then uh, but now we've kind of settled on you know me and Bart Perry Morgan on drums and uh, Annie O'Neill who's just a phenomenal singer and friend and colleague in the band and so the four of us have been really putting out a song every month and a half for the last three or four years hmm. Who inspired, who inspired you in getting involved in music? A mom, dad, friend, or teacher? Well, Elvis Presley and the Beatles, I would say. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and my mom was part of that. You know, my mom was a country western singer, and she was uh, she had a group called the Blue Bonnet Girls. Oh, well. And they were a trio, and they really sang beautiful country harmony, and... Um, Back in the 50s, there was a TV show in Seattle called The Sheriff Tech Show. I forget which channel it was on. Maybe it was Channel 5. And um, they were the house group on The Sheriff Tech Show. 
So, you know, they were on every pro every episode and they sang and uh, a couple songs every show and they sang mm -hmm. back then they, you know, they they would sing the commercials too. Oh wow. <laughs> so um yeah, so when when I got going in, in music inspired by, you know, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and Elvis Presley on on the movie screen. Um, my brother and I, actually my brother was sort of first. He got a drum set and then, uh, and he was really good. And I got a guitar and we started goofing around together. And then we, this was probably when we were, uh, you know, eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. And with another kid in the neighborhood, we put a little group together and then, um, I just kind of kept going with it. I traded in the guitar for, for bass because a friend of mine was a guitar player and he wanted me to play with him. And he, he said, look, you know, you should, I need someone to play bass, so let's go buy a bass. So we went down to the Guitar Center in Seattle and uh, this was by high school by then. And I bought a Moserite, really cool Moserite Mark X bass. And um, we started playing and you know, I guess I was just, you know, you you and I just talked about the 70s. I mean, everything that was going on in the 70s musically was just so inspirational. And, mm -hmm. you know, my mom encouraged it to a point. But, of course, she thought if I was going to go in a band, I'd be going down the road to ruin. So <laughs> I wouldn't say she was enthusiastically encouraging me, but she sure they didn't discourage me in any way. So, <laughs> you know. And you live here in the over in Seattle, right? Over in this area, the neck of the woods. Yeah, I live in Seattle now. Um, I was born in Renton, Washington, and then uh, when I was about three three years old, we moved up to uh, a place called Skyway, which is you know, uh, it's something between Seattle and Renton, but you have a Seattle address. Um, and I went to Renton High School, and you know. And then I really got going with um, music when when I got to college at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. I started, uh, I met up with these guys. Actually, I was playing with this one group of guys and um, someone came in, we were playing up in the attic of this house and someone came in and they said, uh, hey, who's the bass player? And, you know, I was, I was me and he goes, well, those guys, you know, down the street, they're looking for a bass player. If you want to come down and check it out, you know, so I went down and check, checked it out. And they were way better than the guys I was playing with. So um, I threw in with them and, you know, we, that's when I guess really, really started getting going on it, mm -hmm. you know, in a more what does your inspirations of songs come from when you're writing? Is this like life experiences or just topics top of your head or what? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's real life with a little bit of uh, fiction stirred in, you know, to protect the innocence. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, I, I try to write from, you know, feelings of my heart sometimes I write something funny sometimes it's topical like you know during COVID I wrote a I don't know I must have written three or four songs that were COVID related or COVID inspired because it was such a life-changing 
thing, you know, for everybody. So mm-hmm. I wrote a song called The Future of Touch, which is about, because, you know, in COVID, they were like, wash your hands, don't touch anybody, don't touch your face. So I wrote this song, you know, what's the future of human touch? Mm-hmm. You know, what's it going to be like? And we're going to, you know, are we going to be skin on skin again? together ever again you know who knows well yeah yeah and i wrote another sort of tongue-in-cheek one called susie's got the flu <laughs> kind of a rocker um i wrote another one called we can hold out which i uh recorded with kim virant and um and i wrote another one called jesus where you go you know sort of looking at covid from a you know, how, how could how could God or Jesus or whoever you believe in, who's all powerful and you know controls everything, how can they let something like this happen? That was kind mm. of the theme of that song. And I, I know some people accused me of being, uh, um, what's the word, irreverent or you know. Um, anti-religious or blasphemous in that song but Mm -hmm. i didn't really see it that way i saw it more like you know almost a prayer so okay you can can take it anywhere you want gotcha you have some amazing guitar skills and did you teach yourself uh, did you learn from people or can a combination of both as you honed in those skills of playing the guitar well uh, i wouldn't say i'm an amazing guitar player by I i i can play well enough to to write a song and and record a demo and then show it to someone like Bart Hyde who can really pick up on what I'm attempting to do and take it to you know a whole nother level. So, mm-hmm. so I'm an okay guitar player. I'm a pretty good bass player. I can play a little bit of um, keyboard and I got a a little lap guitar here that I sometimes use to show. I record all my own demos here at home in my studio, Jody. Okay. And, you know, I'll get the drums on, I'll get the guitar, the bass, the, I got my little keyboard right here so I can play an organ part or piano part. And I got the lap guitar so I can show what I'm thinking on the slide. But then I take, and then I sing the demos here. Okay. And then I send it out to the band. Um, on SoundCloud and, you know, ask them what they think. And, and then, you know, we get together at the rehearsal studio and kind of catch ball it back and forth until we get the arrangement right. Then we go in the studio. So that, so I kind of went all around the racetrack there on answering your guitar. (laughs) But um, mostly I taught myself. I took a, when I was in grade school, I took a, guitar class at Renton Music. Um, but, you know, they were just teaching me <coughs> silly songs like Beautiful Brown Eyes and stuff like that. I wanted to play the Beatles, so I didn't really stick with that teacher. And um, and then again, when I was in high school, I think you had to take a music class. So mm-hmm. I took a guitar class in high school. And oh, also okay. I sang in the, in the glee club and I sang in the church choir. So, I mean... I- about that, uh, I would say, wouldn't say I'm completely self-taught. I mean, my mom, she had a guitar too, so she showed mm-hmm. she showed us how to sing. She showed us how to sing harmonies. So, 
Yeah. One of the things I regret from my younger years is my dad always tried to teach me how to play the guitar. And I just had so much going on with sports and my, being my friends. And some days I kept myself in the pants for not learning a few more, you know, guitar lessons or techniques or something. And But I always li- loved listening to my dad play. And I, he just kind of played some guitar riffs. I, I guess we call it guitar riffs. You just kind of, just kind of fiddle around and make weird tunes. I just loved that back in the days. Yeah. Well, you're lucky. My dad, he had no musical skills. He couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But <laughs> he loved music. And, you know, he, he, my dad's full-blooded Italian. So he, he'd try and sing, but it was painful to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any current projects going on right now? Um, yeah. Actually, I've got a brand new song coming out on uh, Saturday. So that comes out on all the streaming channels, services, you know, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Deezer, YouTube, every over 150 online uh, streaming stores. That one's called Empty Heart. And I think it's a good one. I mean, I wouldn't put it out if I didn't think it was good. But, <laughs> you know, I leave it up to listeners to decide if they think it's good. Empty heart, all right. Yeah, Empty yeah. heart. And then um, I've got two more demos that I've recorded and already sent to the guys, and they say they like it. So we're going to go in and record those um, toward the end of October. One's called um, High, Dry, and Lonesome. And the other one's called Cold Wet Ashes. So uh, we'll get cracking on on those songs uh, pretty soon. And uh, I want to get them out before the end of the year. So between now and the end of the year, I'll release uh, or will we will release three new songs. And then I've always, you know, I've always got something going on. You know, I, Jody, I, part of my process is I'm, flipping through a, a little journal here that I've got. I, I'm i always writing things down in this journal. Could be a phrase, could be a, you know, a whole verse of a song, could be an idea for a chorus. And so when I get going on a new idea or a new tune, uh, I always refer to this journal to, you know, kind of help guide me on, um, structure in the song and you know looking for lyrics or looking for a clever way to say something right right yeah so i've always got some kind of a project musical project on the boards because you know when you sort of set a goal to get a song out every month and a half you gotta you gotta keep grinding on the ideas yeah yeah uh during your playing career has there been a venue just love to sing at well, the acoustics are really good, or the vibe is really great. Well, um, when I was doing this group, Danny Blaine, which was a real vocal acoustic um, oriented thing, I really loved singing at the Sorrento Hotel in Seattle in the Fireside Room. It has amazing acoustics. You know, for that kind of a show, low volume acoustic. Germany, fantastic place. Um, other places I like to sing in, uh, you know, when I was in Yanks in San Francisco, I, 
love playing the Mabuhai Garden. Um, that was a great club. The Stone, which was right across the street, was fantastic. Mm. Um, up here in the Northwest, I think my favorite place to play right now is the Spanish Ballroom in Tacoma. Place is oh. amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, have you been there? I have not been there. Well, not too far from, you said you're in Silverdale? Yes, sir. Not too far from there. Do you remember your yeah. first venue you performed at? You mean for money or for just for fun? Sure, both. <laughs> okay, for, for just for fun, uh, or the first performance with a group, um, we didn't get paid, was at the uh, Kappa Sigma fraternity at the University of Puget Sound. We played a party for those crazy guys. <laughs> and that was really fun. And I think we played the same five songs over and over again all night. Um, <laughs> And they were so drunk, they didn't care. <laughs> um, the first paid gig that we ever played was at the Sunny Slope uh, Hall, which is over there in, you know, on that road from uh, Gorst going out to uh, Belfair. Mm -hmm. You see a sign that says Sunny Slope. And that's where we played. And we had this manager, I can't remember her name, but she booked us in there. And that's the first time like, we got paid real money. It was like, whoa, <laughs> this is pretty cool, you know? And uh, from then on, we, you know, we didn't play for free. <laughs> so that, that was the first place. But, um, you know, there was one place that we, I think, I really learned how to be in a band and it was uh we used to play at this place in bremerton called the bull and bash tavern mm. yeah it was right down it's still there the building's still there but now it's a hawaiian tiki bar kind of place okay but it's not like where the ferry gets off and we used to play there um wednesday through saturday oh wow for like four hours a night what and was this this was in this you know in mid 70s okay and uh the place was full of drunken sailors <laughs> you know bremerton's a navy town oh yeah i was in the navy and, um, <laughs> you know you learn there how to sell a song <laughs> you learn how to play for three drunks or for you know 200 <laughs> and um you learn how to defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was always some fighting going on or somebody throwing a beer bottle at you or something like that. But yeah, that's a, that's a place that I'll never forget. And I would say that was foundational for me to play, you know, mm -hmm. five nights in a row, four hours a night and do that, you know, a couple times a month for months and months and months. We played there until we got really good. And uh so yeah, have you ever opened for like big big time names at all, and like a concert, uh, like an opening act for anybody? Yeah, um, when I was in No Cheese Please, we opened for the Cramps. Um, opened for um, the Split Ends. Um, 
And we opened for somebody else at the show box. I can't remember right now. Splint ends. Cramps. Um, it'll come to me. In <laughs> Yanks, we opened for the Ramones a couple of times. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Bonnie Hayes and the Wild Combo and um, Marshall Crenshaw. Um, oh, yeah. No, she's pleased. We opened for April Wine at the Paramount. That was the one I was trying to think of. Can you share about some of the groups that you've been in over the years? You've been, you said you the Yanks. Uh, uh, how long were you in the Yanks? Well, the first group I was in, you know, the foundational group for me was a group called No Cheese Please. Okay. Became a pretty popular band around Seattle um, in the early 80s. And then in about 83 or 84, I was called by the Yanks and I auditioned and I got that gig. So I left Seattle and I moved to San Francisco and joined the Yanks. Um, and I was down there for four or five years with Yanks, we made, you know, some records and we toured the US and Canada. And it was a really, really good group. Um, and then after that, I came back to Seattle and um, there was a guy named Steve Pearson who was in a band called The Heats in Seattle. And he had this group called The Range Hoods too. And, um, but when I got back to Seattle, he um, tricked me into starting a new band and we called it the fighting Cox. <laughs> okay well so that was me and steve pearson and mike wansley who you know was the guy that on thrift shop with macklemore okay he was in there he played bass i played guitar in that band rhythm guitar mm. and broke up um steve asked me to join the range hoods that was still going so i played for some years in the range hoods um, and then I moved away, you know, I moved abroad for 10 years and, uh, came back. I hooked up with the former lead guitar player for the Yanks who was in Seattle and his name is Jack Johnson. And we put this thing together called Denny Blaine, which I think I explained earlier was a kind of an acoustic duo, but of course we started, you know, electrifying that band sometimes. And we put, um, Steve Smith on drums and Tor Dietrichson on uh, congas and percussion. So, you know, Jack and I did that for, you know, maybe three or four years. Mm. Um, up until the point where, you know, I started this new thing, got back together with Bart and got really cracking on, on writing new songs. And I've been doing that ever since. So since, since uh, 2017, 18. And the first iteration of that we called uh, Steve Alleman's Albro Swift Exit. And then um, we had a, a guitar player, uh, Duffy Delgado, but he had to move away and then COVID hit, you know, and all the venues shut down. I think we canceled 25 gigs. Mm. And COVID kind of sort of killed that band off. Um, and then I, um, I still had some when the when the venue started opening back up again in 2021 i was contacted by a lot of the booking agents that used to book denny blaine and hey you know we've got these dates i mean they, they were offering me dates and i didn't say no to any of them um, 
And I called Jack, my partner in Danny Bland. I go, hey, Jack, you know, COVID's over. They're opening up. You know, you want to do these shows? These are the shows. Here's how much we get paid, da, da, da. And he, he, for some reason, he didn't want to do it. Maybe he was still freaked out about COVID or maybe he was just tired of, of doing it. And so mm -hmm. that's when I reached out to uh, Annie O'Neill mm. to, to actually just step in. And I called her. I go, Annie, I've got, you know, 10 dates in 2021. You want to do them? She was like, sure. So that's when we started working. Did I answer that question? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I just I just, uh, watched the song you did. Uh, I believe with Annie called "Right Behind." That's a that's a oh, like yeah. that. that's a that good song. That was our last single we put out. Um, she's terrific to work with. She's such a good singer. She's got perfect pitch. She's always prepared in the studio. She, um, you know, she just learns a song really fast, and she has good ideas on harmony and how to approach the song. So it's. It's great to work with her. I'm just so blessed to, to have all these people I'm working with right now, you know, Bart Hyde and Perry Morgan and Annie and now Mark Westhoff. We got Mark in the band playing pedal steel. He plays a little dobro and he plays a little fiddle. So um, I'm really happy with this combination we got now. And we're, we're playing this Friday at... Uh, McMinimans and Bothell, and then we're playing Saturday night down in Tacoma. So, what what's kind of your is your is your style is your of your music when you guys get together? What, what, what if someone came to you never hearing you for the first time? What kind of style of music would they be hearing? Well, I guess if I had to put one label on it, I'd call it Americana, but um, it's sort of a, a hybrid of you know blues and soul and country and singer songwriter stuff that that we sort of put our own stamp on sometimes it's real country sometimes it's you know especially when annie's singing it's real soulful um nice so yeah i mean i think it's a good show uh, it's a lot of uh diverse music but it sounds like us you know have, have younger musicians come come to you asking for help and or collaborating you know any uh, you know, advice you give other musicians. If that happens, what's it like for you to teach others, you know, the guitar or different, you know, bass or whatever else like that? Yeah, I don't think anyone has really come to me for a bass lesson or anything like that. I mean, I have, you know, some young uh, singer songwriters. I won't mention any names, but uh, have asked me just for advice, I guess, on okay. how to move forward in their career. And, you know, so we talk about songwriting and singing and performing, how to get a song over, things like that. Gotcha. Um, I have some people who I really respect as musicians and songwriters. Uh, recently, one of my pals called me and just kind of asking like you, you know, what's the inspiration for coming up with a song every every month and a half. Um, so, you know, I'm a seeker too. I mean, I'm always looking at what my peers are doing or working on. I work with Jim Basnight, you know, sometimes and I sang every, I sang backups on every song on his latest album. Um, 
I respect Jim a lot as a songwriter, and I, I think he's probably the most prolific songwriter in Seattle in the last 30 years, as far as I can tell. Um, so I, you know, I try to be an observer of other people and what they're doing and see what I can learn from them and, okay. and bring into my music too. So I think you kind of have to do that, right? To keep growing. Yeah, for sure. Your artists, you know. How can people connect with you and check out your music or website you have going on or anything like that? Well, um, on SongWhip, I've got a profile on SongWhip, and there's links there to um, all the, or the top, let's say, seven or eight streaming services that carry my music. Okay. Um, people can look me up on Spotify. That's kind of the main show, right? Spotify is the dominant streaming channel by far. Um, I'm on Apple. I'm on Amazon. Um, they can look me up on Facebook, Steve Alamant Music and Shows. You can see our releases and where we're playing. Also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as S Alamant. I'm on Twitter as, uh, no, I'm on Instagram as SR Alamant and Twitter as S Alamant. Um, so, you know, people, people can find me there. Well, Steve, thank you so much. It's been an honor to pick your brain a little bit about music, and uh, I wish you and your band nothing but continued success and great health, and uh, thank you for the time today. Oh, terrific, Jody. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you uh, even wanted to enter me. I hope it wasn't too boring. <laughs> no, sir. It was <laughs> nice meeting you, and, and I look forward to checking out more of your songs. appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Bye for now. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. October 21st, Grieve the Astronaut Live at Real Art Tacoma. With very special guests, Chris Jones and Regan Lane. Brought to you by Real Art Tacoma and Lou Jack Promotions. This is an event like no other. You don't want to miss it. With Greed the Astronaut performing songs off their newest album, Signs, as well as covers by Muse, Toto, and Tears for Fears. This is an event that will go down in the history books. Tacos? If it's Tuesday or not, you gotta have tacos, right? Takiza, tacoshop.com. They're located at the Kitsap Mall. They have tacos, tacos, and more tacos, and chimichangas, and burritos, and taco salads. You get it. 
They have amazing food, as well as beans and salsa and grilled jalapenos, my favorite. Their food's authentic, made fresh, and they're locally owned and operated. They got a Facebook page too, and a food truck with amazing breakfast burritos. That's Takiza Taco Shop, T-A-Q-U-I-Z-A TacoShop.com. Their phone number is 360-698-4335 to place an order. The address is 10315 Silverdale Way, Silverdale, Washington. That's Takiza Taco Shop.com. T-A-Q-U-I-Z-A. Tacos, tacos, and more tacos are waiting for you. Are you craving donuts? Not those pre-packaged, been sitting on the shelf for who knows how long at your local grocery store donuts. No. And Lone Star Donuts, they're made fresh daily. These donuts are not your normal one bite and done donuts. No, sir. These are big, light, fluffy, and delicious donuts. They don't have two or three toppings. They have over 50 toppings, as well as cinnamons, apple fritters, and many other breakfast items. Call ahead and place your order today. Surprise your co-workers or the family with a box of these delicious donuts. Lone Star Donuts. Lone Star Donuts is located at 10876 Maori Place Northwest in Silverdale, Washington. Call and place your order today at 360-204-5021. Tell me you heard about this on the Chit and Chat Encouraging One Other Podcast. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy donuts. That's the same thing. That's Lone Star Donuts. I get to meet all kinds of musicians in different styles, and I can't wait to have Benji Stewart, a.k.a. Benji Funnick, on my podcast in a few weeks. And here's one of the songs, Rising Star. I once heard a journey of a thousand miles began with a single step. Just like every life from creation to now began with a single breath. Sometimes I doubt myself and wonder if I truly belong. A discordant note in the score of our journey's winding song.
independent animation, then shouldn't we be able to perceive the light of a lost and hidden heart no longer beating in the dark? No, we should set it free right now. Today, I'm so excited to be having a little brief interview with Robbie Hart as she shares about her new song, Reason to Rise. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview Robbie Hart, and uh, she was in the work of a brand new song coming out. And it's very, very powerful, and we're going to share it today on a chit chat encouraging one of the podcast. This is Reason to Rise by Robbie Hart. Thank you. 
Check out Robbie Hart's website at Robbie Hart, R-O-B-B-I-E-H-A-R-T-E.com for her events and their schedule and her music as well. That was Robbie Hart, Reason to Rise. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to chat with you. You're welcome. I'm excited to hear about your brand new song, Reason to Rise. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited. It just came out last week and... I have some fun things coming out, the video coming out. I just have, you know, a lot to do with the song. And just my gratitude for having the song out there is just really amazing. So I'm very excited. Can you share a little bit about the inspiration of Reason to Rise? Can you repeat that? You broke up on me. Can you share a little bit about the inspiration behind the song Reason to Rise? Absolutely. So about 14 years ago, uh, it just a little bit before 14 years ago, I was like on top of the world. My life was doing great and I got badly injured and my life changed very suddenly and in every possible way. Um, you know, I had lost my ability to sing. Singing was something I always did and I always wanted to pursue as a career. And between having a bad injury and excruciating pain, I just wasn't able to sing anymore. And it was the most devastating time in my life. I mean, I had just moved to a new country. I was just starting planting roots. I was, you know, expecting my first child. It was just so much going on. And this turn for the worse at this moment really was like the beginning of a downward spiral, if you will, you know, my health, my pain, and then just everything was affected. And just things like things I couldn't do things on a daily basis that I was normally able to do. And I just, it was just very difficult. I couldn't sing my way through the pain for the first time in my life, which was absolutely devastating because I had no release for my pain, my emotional and my physical pain. Mm -hmm. And this went on for quite some years. And uh, about five years ago, I started my journey to pursue my dream to sing again, no matter how difficult. And that was my reason to get back up that and my daughter. So at the time I was going through this most difficult period of my life, which had gone on for many, many years. It hadn't changed despite my going through several uh, surgical treatments and pain treatments and surgery. It wasn't getting any better. And I just couldn't imagine that my life was going to get any different. So I was in this pit of, you know, misery and pain and I never led on to other people that I was feeling this way, that I was in so much pain and my life was so difficult, mm -hmm. but I just didn't have much hope that anything was ever going to change. I just figured I was going to live like this for the rest of my life. And everything that I used to do was a memory and there wasn't much that I could do at the time. So I didn't have much to look forward to. 
And between my daughter and music, they gave me a reason to rise. And I say those two things because they both happened at the same time. They came into my life the same way and they both did the same things for me. Um, gave me a reason to rise above my pain. It gave me a reason to get up in the morning, even though it was so hard and to do things and right. gave me a reason to do something different mm. and to forgive myself and to heal pain from the past. I was able to experience that from both of those ways through my music and through my daughter. So they're both deep inspirations in the song. And um, it was incredible. The transformation was absolutely incredible. It lifted me out of this rut that I had been in for so many years. And although things aren't significantly better pain-wise, my outlook is completely different. And putting myself out there and pursuing things and creating things is giving me life. Creating music and creating healing through my music, healing old wounds through writing new songs is giving me healing that is giving me purpose and it's letting me heal so I can move on and it's just been incredible and it, it's given me a reason to rise and rise above my pain and rise above the circumstance that I was in and just say I'm not going to end the story here like this for the rest of my life I'm going to change the story now and I took my pain and I turned it into my purpose have you thought about writing a book about this experience and this title? This is a, a very powerful, uh, empowering title for anyone who is going through difficulties. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very sweet that, that you would mention that. And I sometimes I don't think to write a book about my experiences because I'm like, who'd want to hear about what I'm going through? There are people that are going through so many worse things and I'm just going through this or, oh, just this just happened to me. But there is something to be said when you when you're going through something and you hear somebody goes through something similar there's something that happens you say i'm not alone and this person could do it i can do it too so i can understand people that are in a similar situation may hear my words and i hope that they're empowered by them and i really do sincerely hope that it gives them an opportunity to find their reason to rise because I can't even tell you the difference it made in my life. It changed my perspective on everything. It changed, you know, from being in a, I guess I used the word rut before. So being in a rut, I mean, you know, I, was, I kept reminding myself, well, you know what, it's just pain and it's just sucked out the life of me and, and I, I can't do anything, but at least I'm better off than, you know, most people and I can still do this and I can still, you know, I'm not sick. I'm just in pain and all of these things. And, but I never imagined that my life was going to improve to the point where I do something, do something significant, create something and, and empower people. And just this journey has been absolutely incredible. Have so, you got responses from people who have heard your song and, and, and let you know, Hey, this song is empowering me to rise from their pit well thank you and i've actually had people tell me that it's like a power anthem it's a power ballad and the, the lyrics are very powerful and to me they're so simple you know it's how i breathe and how i heal music is how i breathe and how i heal writing songs and telling my stories is how i communicate with people and it's also how i heal heal wounds from now and heal wounds from like 20 30 years ago it's just 
how I how I've gone through life like that. And so for me, it was this process when I was, you know, looking at these circumstances and saying, music gave me the reason and my daughter gave me this reason to get up, to put myself out there and to just say, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And it started a life of its own, really. And being at this point in my career where I am right now, where I'm writing songs that, that are empowering people, inspiring people, I look back and I say, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have laughed. I would have said, no way. There's no way. I can't even get out of bed. I can't move. I can't, I could barely walk like up one flight of stairs. There's no way. And of course, now I'm challenging, challenging myself on a daily basis to push myself to be able to do more and more things. And I know that that was through the grace of doing these things and having the inspiration and the motivation to push myself to where I'm at, that it, I'm just so grateful. And I hope that somebody else hears my words and wants to take the same journey or similar journey. And they see that, you know, there is another way or there are opportunities and they can make their own opportunities and it gives them a reason to get up and rise. Right. I truly believe you are inspiring others in your words and your songs. And I just want to thank you so much for the few minutes we have and may God continue to bless you and your family. And as you inspire others, you may not know it, but I'm sure you are in your words and your story. Thank you so much for the opportunity today to, to just share about Reason to Rise. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing the work you do. It is so important and I can't tell you how much I smile whenever I see your feed. So thank you so much for everything you do and thank you for your amazing support. You're welcome. God bless. Take care of yourself. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. This is Chit and Chat, the encouraging one other podcast. It's all about encouraging others.